Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Wednesday, December 7th. Hope you're doing well today as we look at what's happening in the marketplace here in just a few moments. Yesterday was, uh, again, another rough day. We'll talk about that and more when Dave joins us here in just a few moments. Hey, remember that in the world we live, there's a lot of things that you and I just, we can't control. But when it comes to your portfolio, you can control how much risk you have in your portfolio. That's why we developed the core retirement design so that we can help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. And that starts with knowing and understanding the amount of risk you have in your portfolio and making sure that it lines up with the amount of risk you should have in your portfolio. Give us a call, 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement analysis. And with that, we got Dave coming up next. 7 light FM, just dance, dance, dance. Well, you probably don't want to put any money in this morning until you find out where the market's going, so dancing works. Let's, let's find out what's happening and what happened yesterday to your money on your IRA and your 401k. Got Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services on the phone this morning. Philip, we got all kinds of analysts really sounding like Zig Ziglar stinking thinking going on. I found one that said they figured that the Federal Reserve will end up bumping the reference interest rate up past 5% now, and you got a bunch of guys that are saying we're all going to die, right? Well, I'm telling you, it is like the, um, you know, they have come out uh, from all ends of the world talking about how bad 2023 is going to be now. Um, major recession, uh, continued bear market, uh, you know, we, we continue to see that. And and who knows? Nobody knows. You know, everybody's just taking some guesses right now. Uh, one of them I saw, and I got this one, was, you know, there's going to be so drastic that we're going to see the Fed actually cut interest rates by 2%. I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, if they go up to 5%, I'll be real happy if they cut them back by 2%, won't you? Exactly. So, uh, yeah, you know. And, and, you know, right before I threw you on the air, I was saying, and you know something, if these guys get one of those predictions right, they'll be making mega bucks selling their seminars right after. We both kind of have a cynical attitude toward uh, toward the <laughs> prognosticators at times, don't we? That, that's right. You know, everybody wants to be the one that has it right, and then they, they try to parlay that into something big Then when the next one starts to happen, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and the thing is, one of the things you know, we were talking about, you know, the seven stages of grief in a bear market back a couple of months ago, and kind of like the third or the fourth stage is the false rally. Okay, we've been up. We kind of recovered. We actually got out of bear market territory on the Dow for a while, and everybody figured that we were into a, a bull market again. Everything was going to be fine, and then this week, all of a sudden, the rumor starts coming out that maybe even a half a point might be conservative on the Fed this month, and everything starts going down. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, all these guys that figured it was all over, now all of a sudden are going, oh, crud. I mean, you know, there's a little bit of depression out there just to go along with hopes failing, isn't there? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, one of the articles I read by a research firm, you know, the, the, the main factor that kind of determines the long-term extent of the market is a 200-day moving average. And uh, he indicated that, you know, we just cannot get above that 200-day moving average. And so that becomes a problem. And so that's that, I mean, and that could be what's added to this week's market decline is we just can't get over it. 
And so now we're starting to fall back over, meaning we may have some more legs. Not we may. We probably do have some more legs on this bear market. And um, we'll just have to ride it out and see how far it ends up going. And that, that longer-term moving average is really important because that tells you whether or not the market actually does have any built-in optimism or built-in reason to uh, continue to see growth or whether we are looking at the possibility of a short-term false rally, which I was kind of expecting to find out it was to begin with. I mean, I hate to say I told you so. I'm not trying to sell a seminar, but uh, <laughs> you know, it just happens every time. We have some trouble getting out, and it boils down to simply being calm, recognizing that bear markets do happen, it's going to end, the markets will end up going back up again, and the variable is how long, which is the advice you always give, getting close to retirement, you ought to be into something that protects your principal a heck of a lot better than being at all equities. That's right, or just being in the market at all, right? Because it doesn't matter what market you're in lately, uh, they're all going down, whether that's the stock market, the equities market, the bond market, the crypto market, uh, the real estate market, they're all having their issues right now. Absolutely. And one, once again, like we said before, if I was in my early 40s, I'd call this a buying opportunity. But anybody in their 50s, especially late 50s or early 60s, you'd have a reason to want to insulate yourself because we've got another dip probably coming. And uh, if the Fed responds the way some of my people are saying that after that strong employment report last week, change their mind off of what, off of what uh, Jay Powell was saying and go back to the three-quarter point next week, there's going to be kind of a dive taken in the markets uh, on Wednesday afternoon, I'd wager. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, one of the headlines, I didn't get a chance to dig into the article, is, is that the Fed chair uh, Powell's having a communication problem with the market. <laughs> <laughs> is a failure to communicate. <laughs> he did, well, he called us. Well, actually, no, he didn't call us. He gave us a great big cup of coffee for about two days after that rubber chicken speech, right? That's right, exactly. About the extent of it. The only news that's out this morning on the macro front is mortgage applications, and it really isn't anything impressive. Uh, mortgage applications, after even after mortgage rates went down by a little bit over the last week, uh, we're still down on mortgage applications by 1.9%, which probably isn't going to survive anybody, uh, surprise anybody too much, given the fact that we're kind of shaking the first-time home buyers out of the market, and the ones that are changing right now are the ones that are using tons of equity from their current homes to trade up or down. I'd wager. Yeah, I think so. And so we, you know, you would expect to see that the applications were falling, and uh, you know, I would, cons I would, I would expect that to continue to be the trend you know, for for a while now. Absolutely. I don't have a lot of other tidbits out there. I've got an analyst talking about how Carvana will be lucky to stay above $1 a share. We've been kind of watching them with crossed eyes for the last few weeks, haven't we? We, we have. And, and here's, I do have a little blurb about Carvana. Um, their creditors, including the Apollo Global Management, PIMCO, which is a, a big uh, mutual fund company, um, they have signed a cooperation agreement and we'll work together uh, to try to get the online car seller uh, through this debt restructuring process. So, uh, you know, and they are uh, obviously Carvana is, uh, is is tanking down almost 30 percent this morning. 
and they're expected to, by a lot of analysts to be going into Chapter 11 for that full reorganization under the supervision of a court before too long. Uh, on the other side of the fence, talking about aggressive, GM announces this morning that they're going to build thousands of electric vehicles, slow chargers, out here in the sticks in rural America, since they seem to be figuring out how to do it in the private sector in uh, the big cities, they're going to buy us a bunch of electric vehicle chargers. I don't know whether I'm thrilled by that or not, because uh, they haven't got the mileage on a charge up to the point where it intrigues me yet, but it at the very least will make the market more viable. Yeah, I guess your your, your point's taken there, uh, but I'm like you. It's not going to make me real excited, because if I can't drive from you know here to California without having to take about you know, six or seven hours to recharge, it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, I mean, I, we were into the conversation in the office yesterday with a bunch of people that were hanging around the, car, the water cooler. And, yeah, I recognize that eventually the technology and eventually the, uh, the capacity is going to be there to drive 800 miles before I have to do a charge. But for this point in time, it ain't there yet. And I still want the freedom to be able to jump in my car and drive to Wisconsin on a moment's notice if I want to, like I did last year, without having to stop every five hours and wait 45 minutes for a quick charger or overnight for a slow charger exactly and, and i think that's right now that's still um the issue you have with uh with uh, electronic vehicles is that the charging process has to be improved significantly um before they really become a, a viable alternative for most of us absolutely although it is interesting to note somebody showed up in a uh, in a uh, article i read this is a few weeks ago florida is one of the world's most active markets and one of the best markets in the world for electric vehicles. I was surprised by that. So GM's move to get out here in the sticks in central Florida might actually work because we Floridians are buying the doggone things. You know, and, and that's interesting because, you know, in terms of, of um, weather, humidity, we are probably the worst state to have mm -hmm. electronic vehicles because our batteries don't last as long as, as other places. So, you know, that, and that's going to add cost. And, and most people that have bought them haven't had to go through that buying cycle yet of trying to replace the batteries. So that's going to be interesting to see yet. Now, plus we run air conditioners 52 weeks a year in our cars there, and that's a drain on the batteries too. I was just surprised by that tidbit that we're so active with EVs in this state. I know there's some uh, bunch of reports out. We're at the tail end of earnings season. Any household names that we know? We do. Let's start out with a real good household name, especially during cold and flu season, right? Campbell's Soup. Gesundheit. <laughs> So Campbell Soup came out, and they beat by 14 cents a share. It came in a little over a dollar. Their uh, revenue beat as well. They had good, uh, good pricing power, good productivity, supply chain improvements. So they're, uh, they, they've, they've had a really good quarter. They're trading up 3.4% this morning. Actually, it'll good. open at a new 52-week high if it opened right now. Good news for a sundry line to do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, you know, we talked about mortgage applications. Uh, we do have Toll Brothers, the home construction company reported, and they beat on top and bottom line as well. Um, they've been able to keep their pricing strong. Now, they are more of a luxury home builder, so that helps them a lot, too, because you've got people that uh, are more cash buyers probably there than, than you would other places. They're trading up 1.1% this morning. The um, That's 
critical part of the industry to do, too, just being able to see a home builder going up regardless of which end they're on. It is. It really is. And then we've got uh, uh, Pinterest. They uh, they had um, actually they didn't report. They've just got some interest because they've got some uh, outside activist investors that are making some uh, moves on them. And that's uh, pushing their stock up about two percent this morning. The other one we have, though, is um, and this one goes again to um, free cash flow. Right. Thor Industries, mm-hmm. the recreational vehicle company. They beat by a lot. I mean, they were expected to come in at like $1.81 a share. They came in at $2.53 a share. Revenue ahead of forecast. Um, their, their quote was they've done exceedingly well uh, for the quarter. And I would agree with them based on the headwinds that I think is are probably coming for them. Uh, they're trading up almost 3.6% this morning. Wowzers. Resetting the table. Yeah, that's monstrous. Resetting the table for the morning. Everything was off yesterday. Percent for 1% for the Dow, full 2% for NASDAQ, almost a percent and a half on the S&P. 45 minutes before we open, what do our futures look like this morning? You know, um, they're still red, but they've pared some of the red down a little bit. Um, We've got the, the Dow 30 basically flat. I mean, it's down $11, so it's flat as far as that goes. S&P 500 is down about a quarter of a percent. That's a little over $9. And the NASDAQ 100 down, yeah, getting close to a half a percent, down $50. So everything's in the red there. But silver and gold both heading up. Silver's making a nice, huge jump this morning, up one and a quarter percent. Uh, still below 23, though, at $22.61 an ounce. Gold still below 1800 at $1,791 an ounce. That's up almost a half a percent. And then crude oil up almost 1% from its close last night, but still well below 80 at, at just a tad under $75 a barrel. So take just generally, and that's, but I think it's a little lower than it was yesterday morning at this time. So we'll take that I too. Think so. yep. Overseas markets, the Asian rim was a mixed bag with the Hong Kong really being the leading loser. They were down by like 3% at 6 a.m. this morning. Europe is also mixed off fractionally for most of the markets, pretty much flat on the others. We really don't have a trend there. Getting our uh, retirement funds and our retirement plans together is kind of a trick, and it varies depending upon where your state of life is. How do I find you to get my, my retirement plans on track, Philip? Devin, give us a call at 863-382-0037 to walk through our core retirement design. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730, 95.3 FM. And back here again tomorrow about the same time. Philip, I appreciate it. We'll see you then, all right? All right, man. Have a great day. Thank you, sir. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope, again, your week's going well. Join us again tomorrow. Same time, same place. Until then, have a great day.